Hello, the time is 5pm on Monday evening. I'm Theo Hunt, my pronouns are he, him, and you're listening to a special episode of Newspeak on 87.7 Berwick FM. Normally on Newspeak, Lancaster, in my opinion, Lancaster's top political discussion show, we have two campus guests on to discuss topical issues. But with the local elections on Thursday, this week we have the three of the candidates for the Lancaster South East seat at the county council election. This seat includes, of course, Lancaster University, with 12,000 potential votes available for our three candidates. From the Liberal Democrat Party, we have Jake Perkins. Jake, how are you doing? It's great to have you on today. Are you well? Yes, it's a pleasure to be back on Barry. It's been a while. Last time I was on was talking about the US elections back in November. It's a real pleasure to be back. Yeah, remember that well. And you have, of course, been on Newspeak maybe 14 months ago now. So uh, long-time listeners of the show will be familiar with your voice. But it's great to have you on. Thank you. From the Labour Party, we have Erica Lewis. Erica, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Theo. I use the pronoun she, her, and I'm glad to be with you this evening. Fab. Thank you, Erica. Uh, And from the Green Party, Hamish Mills. Hamish, you well? I'm just going to... Seems Hamish might be having some connection issues, but but feel free, Hamish, to to, to chip in uh, whenever that sorts itself out. But um, so each candidate will open with a short pitch, um, specifying their pronouns where they haven't already. I think Hamish might be able to to join us now. Hamish, you well? Yeah, sorry for that. No, no worries. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Brilliant, thank you. Um, so each candidate will open with a short 30-second pitch um, as to why you should vote for them before we discuss three key issues in Lancashire politics and society, engaging with young people and students, the local economy and climate change. Unfortunately, the Conservative candidate, Paul Moon, did not apply to our attempts to reach out and has not offered any alternative representation on today's show, so the Conservative Party will not be represented. Now, to start... Each candidate has 30 seconds to summarise their views and why you should vote for them. And I'm going to ask Jake, as you were first on this call, would you be able to open? Yeah, so my name's Jake Perkins. I use he, him and they, them pronouns. Um, why I think people should vote for me? Uh, oh, it's always a thought one. So I've been living in Lancaster for three years now and I've become really active locally and really involved. Uh, a lot in student campaigning in particular of the past year. I've worked a lot with the Students with Disabilities Forum, uh, with their educational campaigns, but I've also taken a real active interest uh, locally in other local affairs. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And I'm going to go, uh, Hamish, would you be able to give us a 30-second pitch? Uh, hello, I'm Hamish. I use the pronouns he, him. Uh, I was born in Lancaster South East and have lived here my whole life. Um, and I'm the only candidate who lives within the division. Uh, I'm passionate about talking about the climate crisis on a local area while improving, uh, while improving the local area. I've been involved in many community projects, uh, including Lancaster Youth for the Environment, who successfully helped campaign for the City Council to declare a climate emergency back in 2019. And Hamish, thank you very much. We have to cut you off there. Keeps the 30 second limit. We want to keep things moving nice and swiftly. Um, and Erica, would you be able to give us a 30 second pitch? 
Thank you, Theo. Yes, I'm so I'm currently the county councillor for Lancaster South East. And I think the pandemic has shown us just how much local government matters. It leads on public health. Um, and in Lancaster, the Labor-led City Council took on an unprecedented effort to support residents and businesses through this difficult time. It's not an approach that has been taken by all councils. It's an approach based on labour values, building power in community, supporting local businesses and remembering that the climate emergency hasn't gone away. And that's Wonderful. the same commitment I bring to the County Council. Thank you very much. Again, apologies for interrupting. Um, so thank you very much for your opening pitches. And we're going to turn on to our first topic now. Jake, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I, I hope that's OK. I'm going to ask a question to all of you, but I'm going to ask you to answer each in turn and then we'll develop the discussion from there. So the first topic is engaging with young people and students. And the first and the question is really very simple. How will you help young people? Jake. How will I help young people? So I've been involved in politics for the last five years, which uh, at the age of 21 means I started in, back in 2015. Um, no, six years now even. Uh, I've been actively involved in youth campaigning, what was then youth parliament and that. Uh, how will I engage with young people? I am a young person. The people who I talk to on a day-to-day -day basis are other students and things like that. Uh, they, when we talk to them, they don't realise that it's the council who deals with these issues. And it's not sort of bogging it down in bureaucracy and council jargon that some people do. It's about explaining to people on a one-to-one -one basis sort of like how the council affects their lives. You're concerned about buses, you not getting into uni. That's a county council issue. You know, um, parking in your, around your accommodation if it's off campus that's a county council issue so there are so many ways that we can that people need to sort of don't realize that the council has an impact on their lives and talking to them pragmatically and sort of quite sensibly and not like they're idiots is the way to do it uh, and, and okay so so erica can i turn to you and how how do you how engage young people how do you help support young people and students so i I assume, like both of your other speakers, will say, you know, I started out as a as a youth activist, um, I, and I, you know, have been involved in in, in politics since I well, was at high school. Um, you know, was chair of my SRC, was involved in my student union, um, but then I kept going. So I uh, work I work and volunteer with one of the um, what are called. Um, one of the big global youth organisations. I'm still heavily involved in the World YWCA, which does um, work on a local, national and international basis, promoting in particular the leadership and rights of young women. Um, I teach at Cumbria University, so I work in the division and I work every day with students that I represent as part of my academic work. Um, and I also make an active effort to try and engage and work with um, the student unions on both campuses, as well as doing outreach with Lancaster and Morecambe College, because it's another important youth group in our in our district. Um, so I guess I have that experience of having been um, a young person active in my on campus and in my community. Um, it's what my doctoral research is on is about how we. Um, strengthen youth leadership in organisations and it's work that I practice by making sure that I continue to work really closely with youth-led organisations and also with the young people, with the students I teach. Thank you. And, and, and Hamish, how will you help young people? Um, having lived in Lancaster my whole life, um, 
I know people from all over the city, from all ages, uh, from all walks of life, and um, I try to listen to their issues uh, as well as the student issues. Um, uh, and I talk with the Green City councillors about the issues and uh, help them uh, work out what's best for the young people. Uh, and how I originally became involved in youth politics was I led um, Lancaster Youth for the Environment and the youth climate strikes in Lancaster every month where I regularly where we regularly had 500 or so people um, shouting for uh, government action and um, so and there uh, to get the city council and the county council to um, uh, engage on environmental issues with us um, at um, liaison group meetings and lots of other things. Okay, I, I, I mean, I'm noticing a range of uh, student activism going on. It's making me wonder whether watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine on repeat on Netflix is the best use of my time in my life. But um, so there's, 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 there's certainly experience across the board here. I, I suppose, Jake, I'm going to turn to you first. Is, is that kind of experience in campaigning and activism going to translate to legislating and, and, and um, policy making? Because they're two quite different things. Do you, do you think they're compatible? Uh, I think they are. Uh, so the policy making is something that I've been heavily involved in within the Liberal Democrats. Um, I've passed motions in favour of uh, introducing travel cards in the Northwest, which was a North, which is a policy that's been accepted by the Northwest. But that's really boring. Um, so the idea of legislating and sort of things like that, putting down council motions. I'm a firm believer that councils shouldn't waste time doing sort of vacuous statements, like the city council did one on nuclear war or nuclear weapons, and I thought that's not a bit of a waste of time when there are real issues that need to be dealt with at hand. And the councils do um, some great work on those little local issues. So sort of getting what students want, so making sure that the council is recognising that mental health is a top priority and it's something that needs to be addressed. Uh, the climate emergency, not just passing motions, but then also taking action and seeing where we can take an active step where we can make real change. You know, I, I often sort of lament people who go on about passing a motion and that's how we've we've achieved a victory. No, the, passing a motion in a council hall is the start of it. It's going forward. And that's why the Liberal Democrats, the Greens and Labour in administration the City Council have been doing such a job tackling the climate crisis. OK, and, and, and Hamish, again, I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you think that activism and campaigning Will translate into effective policy making at a county level? Uh, I certainly think so because being able to talk to the people about the issues they're facing um, and giving them a voice through um, uh, a campaigning or through uh, a protest or whatever um, it's, it's pretty similar so you're asking them what do they want uh, and sometimes you're at the front of a crowd shouting, sometimes you're writing that down and talking with um, colleagues and getting a effective legislation, legislation written. 
Okay. Um, Jake, you mentioned mental health, and I think that's a really Theo? good... Sorry, Theo? yes. Are you going to ask me that question? Well, I was considering that because on the basis of you already being a counsellor, it was a slightly less relevant question I was actually going to go to first on the next topic of mental health. Um, but I am, if you would like to step in on that question, you're more than welcome to. I apologise if you think no, I was... that's um, okay, if I may. No, no, yeah, okay. Yeah, go for it, please. Um, so I think, there, I mean, there is a really important role for community ac- activism um, alongside being a counsellor, but I, but there are also significant differences. And I guess, um, you know, I now, like, I have worked in different capacities, you know, and one of the things that I look back on very fondly is that some of the issues I pursued as a student activist, I actually got into legislation through my time as a civil servant in Australia, and I've also served as a ministerial advisor um, as well as doing kind of global activism um, through the WCA. And so I think I think particularly for counsellors, being engaged in the community, um, working alongside neighbourhood groups is really important. But I actually, but I think it is really important that people do understand that um, there is a certain level of bureaucracy to councils. I agree it's annoying, but it's there and it's often imposed on us by national government. And actually you have to put all the different bits together of being able to mobilise your community, of understanding the legislation and the frameworks that you work within in order to do, um, as as Jake has suggested, that movement from I'm angry about this issue and I want change to delivering change. And I think that's something, you know, we've been working really hard on at the City Council and I'm the leader of the City Council. Um, so I guess one of those examples is that, you know, it was the Labor Party that moved the motion to declare a climate emergency at the City Council. It was supported by all sorts of community action. Um, we agreed it. We now have a plan to be net carbon zero and we're well on track to achieve it. So I think it's important that we link up those kind of um, activism and campaigning as well as the kind of um, ability to work within the rules and the structures and the system and then that ability to deliver. On on the issue of the um, climate emergency and a carbon neutral commitment, couldn't you argue that was done in large part because of pressure from the local Green Party rather than the Labour Party? So... Labor councillors were working on it at the same time as the petition was started. So, I, I mean, I think there are lots of people concerned about about the climate emergency and I think it's very difficult for um, one party to claim it over the others. Um, but I think it is important to remember that actually, that a, and, and I guess this is the interplay between community activism and the machinery of the council, right. bringing a petition... To, to, to the city council doesn't actually get you a resolution. You actually needed councillors, and on this occasion it was Labor councillors, who brought the motion that instigate that initiates the action the council has taken. So that crossover moment is really important, and I th- and I, I I think you need both. You know, I, I think it's really, but you know, it wasn't just Green Party people um, at 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 those. Um, climate strikes there were you know i was there all sorts of people were there but it does you do have to kind of make that transition from activism to working through the machinery okay um 
something I think quite important to talk about, and I'm aware of time, we've got some more to get to, is mental health. Um, mm -hmm. and, and all, all of you or your parties have some degree mentioned mental health in, in manifestos and commitments during campaigning. And, and, and Hamish, would it be okay if I turn to you first, which is what would you, if elected, do, and, and please, again, try and keep it fairly succinct, um, to improve... I suppose, provision for mental health, to improve opportunities, to improve mental health for young people in Lancaster South East? Well, I have a, a small amount of experience with um, mental health in uh, for young people and I've supported charities like uh, ACE, but I really think the charities um, should be uh, better funded and, and better run and that could be uh, help provided by the county council as the health authority. And um, young people, um, there needs to be more provision at schools and education for um, so people responsible for the children's mental health who have a more active commitment in the school running or the university running. OK, OK. Uh, uh, Jake, would you be saying similar thing to Hamish? Yeah, there's um, there's only so much that the County Council can do because of statutory limitations, budgetary limitations, and it's horrible bureaucracy. But uh, in the way the Council does sort of business looking, um, encouraging uh, local businesses and other uh, and other employers to, begin, uh, to make sure that there are mental health first aiders employed by them, and whether that's something that we look in, our procure in the procurement process for Council contracts, uh, in maintained schools, so sort of schools that aren't academies in Lancashire, are we making sure that there is adequate mental health first aiders there? Um, mm -hmm. And again, supporting charities and championing them, and void, you know, there's something, there's something that's really powerful about sort of promoting the work of a charity in a council chamber. It sounds really minor and some of that, but that can help them sort of jet, uh, raise funds. And if there is an ability to support them financially, that's something that would be fantastic. But okay. mental... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, OK. And, and Erica, the, uh, I suppose a slightly different question, although mental health is still very much priority because in the Labour Manifesto there's an awful lot committed to mental health. So I suppose the question is slightly different. It's more, is, is, as will you as councillor be able to commit to, for instance, welfare rights telephone service? Uh, there's... Um, Oh, yeah, the notes are floating over the page at the moment. That's okay. But, but, I can um, pick but, some of those things up. Yeah, so would that be okay? Apologies for, for not no, having no. the facts to hand. That's fine, Theo. So I think without doubt there is a crisis in mental health. It's the number one. It's one of the top three health issues um, in every uh, ward in across the district. Um, and I think we, ha we can have no doubt that our mental health services are inadequate to the need that we have out in the community. Um, I'm currently supporting a dear friend um, uh, through through a period of um, poor mental health and our attempts to get help um, are often met with people saying, well, and we've had it this weekend, this is a, a public holiday long weekend, there isn't a doctor available, hang on till Tuesday. Right. Um, and so I'm acutely aware of how important it is. And part of what the Labor Manifesto is talking about for this issue is about prevention. So what has happened through, you know, a decade or more of austerity is that the county council 
Kane having lost 60, 60p in the pound in funding um, and, you know, other services have cut preventative services and they deal with tertiary or crisis interventions. But actually, that, that an ambulance comes after somebody has tried to, to hurt, hurt themselves right. because they can't get access to the service that might prevent that is a travesty. So everybody, everybody's mentioned education. We need to start talking about well-being and resilience, you know, in schools. You know, from very early ages, we need to make sure that you know the level of support for people with mental health issues in many workplaces in England is improving, but I think okay. is okay. not strong. So we need yeah. to do that, and of course. We need to close the gap between the NHS and count local government, and that's part of the reason why we support the establishment of a Bay Unitary Authority, so that we can have closer working between council and the NHS, so that okay. we cross I, that agree. boundary. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was, while, while an important health issue, slightly viewing away from mental health directly, um, but, but, but thank you. The, the, the second kind of, I guess, big topic, moving on entirely, is local economy. And what this is less relevant for students, this is a big issue in Lancaster. Uh, in Lancaster. Uh, you know, COVID has reduced what the economists called the economy to the 90% economy, which sounds benign, but actually means a lot of the fundamentals of British society and simply no longer working. So, so... Obviously, I'm not expecting Lancaster Southeast candidates to have a national economic recovery plan. But, but post-COVID, um, Erica, can I ask you first, how are you planning to help revive the local economy? So I think this is an incredibly important for, issue for students because there are so many students who would like to stay in Lancaster, like I did. I moved to Lancaster for my PhD and like many people didn't leave. But They'd like to stay, but they don't think there are jobs. So we need to do a better job of of making the jobs that are available visible to students. And there are lots of th things the um, digital and tech sector is often on at me about the fact that students don't know there are jobs there. Often with smaller firms, but we need we're working and we're working on that. Um, okay. We also need to um, Matthew Brown, who's the current leader of Preston City Council, is currently running for the county council, and he is of course one of the architects of the Preston model. So a big focus on local economic regeneration has to be around making sure that councils and other anchor institutions spend more locally and spend more locally with with businesses who are looking after their workers and aiming to meet the net carbon zero targets as well. So that's, okay. that's our plan. So, yeah, there's quite a lot going on there, um, to, 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 to put it mildly. Hamish, how would the Green Party be reviving the local economy? Uh, well, uh, the Greens in Lancaster have always um, consistently put small and medium-sized businesses uh, on like supported and put them as top priority and keeping the small and medium-sized businesses um, the most used helps keep the economy more circular and local uh, and allowing for uh, more local uh, improvement um, and they the greens um put um help with um a lot of the green councillors are local business owners themselves mm -hmm. and understand the issues from the pandemic. Uh, I work for a, in a small local business and I understand the issues that have been coming through through lack of customers, lack of necessity and 
the problems with the furlough scheme and everything yeah. and working through that and experiencing it uh i think i'd have a good understanding as to how to prevent those sort of issues in the future okay yeah okay and and, and jake post-covid how the liberal democrats revive local economy I just want to pick up something you said, Theo, about uh, the economy not really mattering to students. I think the economy, the students matter massively to the economy in Lancaster. Lancaster would not have as many sort of lovely small businesses and uh, pubs. I lo- The fact that pubs are open again has made me so happy because I can go out and socialise. I love going to visiting and supporting local businesses. Um, so in terms of recovery, the, the Labour Party, the Green Party, the Liberal Democrats, we all have local business people who we've seen suffer a lot through the pandemic you know whether these are our friends these are uh, our fellow sort of party members and things like that and in terms of that Eric is completely right about how we can use um, procurement as a way of encouraging and developing local uh, businesses I'm in the process of actually looking for a job now and I'll be honest it's quite hard and it's scary and I want to make my life here in Lancaster so it's about encouraging um, um, businesses to come to the area and making it that and not preventing a brain a brain drain from the university you know the university offers such fantastic talent i'm bigging myself up here as a grad as a <laughs> graduate of course um and we've got this amazing pool of resources uh but we need right. businesses to come to the area and it's a wonderful area with such beautiful landscapes that it's the right place for somewhere to come. And it's, again, encouraging businesses and being supportive of them. Okay. And, and, and Erica, I noticed a mention of the green engineering capital of the UK in, in your, your campaign literature. Would you, would you like to expand on how that relates to reviving the local economy post-COVID? Sure. I guess uh, the Lancashire Labour Manifesto has a theme running through it about kind of Lancashire as one of the homes of the Industrial Revolution and how we can be part of the green industrial revolution, the next industrial revolution. I mean, in in the district and around the Bay, we have some world-leading skills around um, uh, low-carbon energy um, and we have some world-leading skills um, around the infrastructure that it takes to deliver that, um, whether that's onshore, offshore, um, also, uh, you know, solar, wind, all of those things. So mm-hmm. that's part of what we're referring to when we're talking about green engineering right rather than having a massive hub in in, in greaves park uh, in the southeast division um so okay and and all of you there have kind of begun to touch on climate change in, in both those topics and i think it would be really astute to, to move on to climate change i'm going to ask hamish um to, to respond first so again simple question how will you respond to climate change locally um well through my experience talking to young people and people across the district about what they want to what they want um to change uh, to become more environmentally friendly everybody wants the ability to um make their lives more environmentally friendly but it's um the it's they don't have the ability to do so so the council i, I would help um implement uh, retrofitting to houses and um, make it a lot more easily available um, to make your house more energy efficient mm-hmm. and uh, the Greens in Lancaster want to assure that all new housing uh, is 
passive house or closer to passive house standard so that the impact of heating or powering the houses is minimal and of course um the green economy so uh producing um uh, renewable energy systems or um uh, constructing them and using them in lancaster and around lancaster so say the wind turbine at the university or um locally owned um solar panels on the house which um bring money back into your household yeah yeah okay thank you very much and erica would i be able to ask you um how will the labor party be dealing with climate change climate crisis locally so i think it's really important that not only do we get the county council to declare a climate emergency which of course the conservatives wouldn't do um, and one of them even told me that there was no nobody had been impacted by climate change in lancashire which was vaguely alarming um, but it's not enough for the county council to make its operations net carbon zero it's one of the things that the city council has been doing is trying to build um, networks and coalitions of other organisations of other people who are all trying to get to that point as fast as possible because it'll be great if the county council does it but it won't be enough to avert the emergency so it has to be about mobilising um, businesses or organisations institutions and it's why part of why we had the you know the people's jury in Lancaster to kind of really engage with residents about it so it, it has to be about the council exercising its role as a facilitator to okay. bring people together and mobilise everybody to get, you know, make make sustainability central to all their operations. Okay. Uh, and Jake, Liberal Democrats dealing with climate change, what's the plan? Uh, yeah, so it, it does again come down to procurement and how we uh, facilitate things. So buses um public transport because everyone nearly every student in lancaster uses buses on a regular basis um how can we (laughs) very observant i am uh it took me three years to realize no but sort of how can we you know in looking at um stagecoaches moving over to i believe a biodiesel fleet but can we look at um supporting them in getting hydrogen buses or electric buses i know there's issues with um with electric buses are going up hills uh, it's always a fun one to know but it comes down to finding sort of practical reasonable solutions to climate change because it's uh it can be quite terrifying when we talk about it in sort of the big world scale but when we talk about it in the small scale about how individuals and organizations can have an impact it all adds up in the long run for a much more beneficial world okay well that that's time actually so thank you all taking the time to come on tonight, giving us some very compelling reasons to get out and vote. Um, election day, it's the 6th of May, this Thursday. It is unfortunately too late to register to vote, but you should have received a polling card if you are eligible. Uh, I would strongly recommend you do vote, even if you're uncertain who to vote for. You can always spoil your ballot, of course. So, But thank you. A couple more thank yous are in order. Thank you to Lucy Whalen, Berwick outstanding news manager who has researched and produced this show of these facts I've been trusting out have been found by her um, and on a more personal note I'd like to wish my granddad, my grandfather a very happy birthday 80th birthday for next week Grandpa, I'm sorry I can't be there in person but I'll be thinking of you and missing you 
I'm sure I'll uh, phone you the other day, and I hope Bristol City win as well next Saturday. Um, but more, 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 more importantly, thanks. No, not more importantly, but back to the point. Thank you again to Hamish, Erica, and Jake for a great show. It's been wonderful to have you on. Thank you for taking the time to have me on. I've been Theo Hump. We've been Newspeak on a 10.7 FM. I hope you have a lovely evening. And to play you out is It Won't Take Long 